Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jas, what did we do last yeah, time? Last time we were exploring and talking about the Hyrule Central Depths. And Jay, what are we doing this week? Well, on this week's edition of the report, uh, we're making our way with a long-term goal of heading up towards the Hebrew region. But first, we're going to go investigate what what's Emba up to um, on the... Well, just over the western Hyrule field, up towards North Hyrule Plain. So, I think we touched on this a couple of weeks back. Pura basically, she tells you, like in Breath of the Wild, okay, there's four things you can go and deal with. And then again, like in Breath of the Wild, very strongly implies that you should do one of them first. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember if the did the out and out say it in Breath of the Wild about the the Impa say because Impa was the equivalent, right? Because you're guided towards Kakariko yeah. from the beginning. Did Impa say the Zoras are nearby in Breath of the Wild? I can't remember. It's been that long. Obviously. I don't remember, but I do remember just getting kind of guided like there. Everywhere right? you go, you just see Zoras, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, hey, you should come this way," and then you go pull up Quibir, and there's another Zora going, like, "Oh, you should come and help <laughs> us out." And then you that's meet probably because, well, I mean, Kakariko's like situated pretty close to, um, yeah, Zora's domain, right? So it's uh, it kind of links there quite nicely. No pun intended. The difference is in Breath of the Wild, hearing you should do this one, you should do this one, made me immediately think, no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in um, Tears of the Kingdom, because I knew I'd be doing this podcast, I was a little more willing to be like, all right, well, I should get this one done first so that I'm not going to spoil myself later on. Because I've only done two dungeons at time of recording. No, I've done one and I'm about to do my second. Uh So if I hadn't done the Rito first, we might have ended up talking about it before I'd done it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Big spoiler cast for you there, look. (laughs) Yep. Fortunately, you're the one that's kind of plotting our journey, so to speak. But (laughs) yeah, right. But I'm I'm trying to go on what it feels like they're Mm. telling us to do. Right. I'm not just winging it. (laughs) Unfortunately, they do out and out say, yeah, the real. Maybe go check them out for a multitude of reasons as well. But as we'll get to in a in the distant future. But uh, yeah, there's also. Another, you know, between the lines, Impa's up in this direction too. So, uh, it's all it's all heading up to the northwest. Yes. So yeah, immediately after leaving the village, well, is look out to landing a village, whatever it is. Hot right? Like a, yeah. a settlement. Um, basically, whichever direction you head out in, I think you bump into Cado. And he mm. says, like, oh, I'm heading towards Lady Impa. And he's got, like, a little donkey and stuff. And if you keep going, basically, if you keep not going towards Lady Impa, you'll keep meeting him at different yeah. locations. And go, oh, yeah. have you gone and seen Impa yet? You should probably go and see Impa. <laughs> yep, because, like, <laughs> the same... after I got, like, these regional phenomena, like, quest markers, I was like, I'm heading southwest instead. 
And he's like, he's like way down the, like the entrance to the Gerudo Desert. Like, Cado's like, you know, Imp is over this way. <laughs> Should be going back this way, mate. <laughs> you took the uh, you took the stubborn. I'm not going to do what you tell me. Prefer for the way yeah, I'd approach. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Which is the same the same trick they used to get you to go and see um, Pura when you first landed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it kind of works. Yeah, they, they it doesn't feel that unnatural, at least at first. But I guess if you were paying a lot of attention, you would realise, like, wait, how is this guy moving around to all of these places and not getting any closer to the place that he's complaining that I'm not moving towards? He's, one, inept, but has a really quick donkey. (laughs) Must be it. That's what my ex-wife said about me. been married to me <laughs> yeah i know so, i don't even know what that would imply that i'm inept but i have a quick donkey <laughs> but if uh yeah if you follow the intended path um after not too long you'll you'll end up towards um uh Carrock bridge as it's known um, but unfortunately, if you are wanting to progress any further towards the um, North Hyrule Ridge area, uh, you're going to have a a bit of a roadblock, literally. <laughs> Ooh, before we mention that, oh, yes? there's a cave which I forgot to put in the notes. Oh, okay. Um, there's one here called, it's called Passeri Greenbelt Cave. Oh, okay, yep, yeah, uh-huh. If it's the one I'm thinking of... Um, the entrance is like a big skull. I think you're right, yes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'd been doing a lot of exploring beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'd been in some really dangerous caves and battled some pretty tough enemies. So I'm finally like, right, I should go and do some actual main quest stuff. And I see this, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be a tough one. But of course, <laughs> this is designed to be like, one of the first caves you find. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not very dangerous at all. <laughs> um, um, so it's it's actually got some pretty chump level enemies compared to what I've been fighting. Yeah. Uh, Keys, <laughs> which yeah, I mean they die one hit, right? Um, it does though. This can be your first actual taste of um, the main cave enemy that you're going to be fighting. Yes, the Horriblin. Mm. Are they new for this game? The name yes, Horriblin? I'm pretty sure I don't remember them in Breath of the Wild. I don't even know if they existed in Zelda as a whole prior to this. Yeah, yeah I'm looking on their, their Zelda dungeon and it's only listing them as a Tears of the Kingdom enemy. Yeah. Uh, they feel natural, they feel a good fit, right? Like. Uh, yeah, like bearded caveman versions of the... Like Tengu vibes the... to them as well, though. Giant, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess well. with the big nose, right? Like, what they reminded me of, like, from Zelda as a whole, um, is, do you remember the very first uh, dungeon in Twilight Princess? And the kind of... The monkey dungeon? Yes. Do you remember, like, the kind of mean baboon? <laughs> like, mini-boss? Hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they reminded me of that, because... 
they are there's a there's real monkey vibes to these guys, especially if like if you hit them with an arrow and they they, they slip and fall from like because they clamber on the ceiling, that's how they get about. Mm-hmm. They'll fall and they'll they'll land on their arse and they'll kind of sit there, kind of squeaking and like hopping up and down on their arse. <laughs> like, and it was like this is yeah this this gives me Twilight Princess vibes. I can definitely see that. Like they do have some monkey behaviour. The way they're clambering around on the ceilings. And yeah, now that I think about it, they were reminding me of something that I wasn't sure what. So that might genuinely be it. Because the monkey in Twilight Princess, you had you get the boomerang right to knock him down. Correct. The, the, the gale boomerang? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the trick with these ones is you just shoot an arrow at them when they're on the ceiling and they'll fall on their butt. Yeah. Like... But it's very satisfying because you always get the little head headshot sound effect. Mm. And then they're down on the ground and they're bouncing around giving you a nice opening. The lower, lower tier ones as well, like often if you've got a decent enough bow, will just die from getting shot off the roof. So yeah, they're they're not exactly super threatening enemies, but the higher tier ones can be a bit nasty because they do often like the weapons they carry, horribly in general, tend to be kind of longer pole arm style weapons, so mm-hmm. they can actually reach you from the roof if they're clambering about. Um, mm. So if you get a blue or a black, or even um, just like multiple silver, of like the, the basic ones, like there's enough of them, like they can surround you. Compel you, yeah, yeah. I mean, they will throw stuff at you as well. These are like rocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, this wasn't my first encounter with the horriblins, like in the caves around here. Um, I kind of mentioned this on a, on an earlier episode, but I actually had my first horriblin encounter in the kind of um, basement level of Hyrule Castle after my after that kind of ah. trip up to see the Zonai research squad up there and the kind mm-hmm. of search team for Zelda um, and it's like black horriblins that are clambering on the roof of like the like some of the entrance halls and things like that so uh, nasty buggers <laughs> to be fighting at that stage as you'd expect um, so seeing more uh, appropriately leveled shall we say of horriblins was a nice a nice change of pace. I'd done various just like random caves, so I had encountered a bunch of horriblins. I don't think any of them were particularly nasty before these ones, but maybe I'd seen like a, a blue at least. Yeah. Even they aren't too threatening. No. Yeah, there's a certain like I'd probably put the the Bacoblin, no, the Horoblins that, like, in terms of just, like, if I've got one to fight, probably the least dangerous. Like, I'd probably find the Moblin harder to fight than a, a Horoblin. Oh, yeah, Moblins mm. are definitely more threatening than a, a Horoblin, for sure. Yeah, it's just because they've got that Bacoblin, obvious Horoblin, they've got that yeah. easiest, like, the easy weak point, right? Like, you just get them off the roof. Yeah, and they'll just, they'll get up on the roof and give you an stunned, opening. Right? Whereas a Bacoblin, they might just chuck a rock at you and catch you off guard. Oh, you mean Bacoblin being more threatening than... Yeah, Bacoblin? sorry, I meant Bacoblin, not Moblin. I'd agree with that. Like, especially, like, higher-tier Bacoblins, they can be quite nasty. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Not much to this cave, though, other than potentially your first exposure to a Horoblin, right? Like, no, the, reason, the only reason I was, like, I really wanted to bring it up was because of the way it's presented so threatening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if you've, actually been pl- <laughs> if you've been playing the game the way most real players play it, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, if you're playing it, like, as intended, then maybe it is kind of scary. Like, if it's your first cave, 
It could be. Like, um, I mean, most players will, well, in fact, it's nearly impossible not to see the caves on the Great Sky Island, but I suppose mm. your first proper cave and, you know, your first exposure to Horriblins, you'd be like, well, what are these? Whoa! Uh, and it, I think as well, just on the, a point you made, I think you mentioned this on the First Impressions cast, Luke, but it's even just adding these guys into the game, it's just another way that I've, I'm enjoying the more, uh, the bigger variety of enemies they've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I think it was between seeing those and seeing a like-like. Just mm-hmm. in my first like couple of days playing, I was like, okay, they de- they've listened to that criticism. This game's got more enemies. Yeah, but it does. And like right in the opening where it shows like enemies, you can see those like those new flying ones. So yeah, there's a bunch of extra stuff. Witness the blood moons rise. When its red glow shines upon the land, the endless spirits of slain monsters return to flesh. Just as they did in a war long past, the world is threatened once again. Just as a side note, because I wasn't really sure where we were going to um, squeeze this in, but as we've kind of done a bit of exploring and such there, by this point you might have had experienced this. Um, should we talk about the Bloodmoon cutscene? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, the Blood Moon's back from Breath of the Wild, if anyone yes. didn't realise. Inevitably. Different vibes though, right? The cutscene. It almost seems like, well, I mean, we don't shouldn't get into it too much because it's going to be a big thing. Mm. Zelda's reaction is hard to read in this one. Like the blood moon in the first one was like, oh, the blood moon rises once again. Be careful, Link. Whereas this one, she almost seems excited. Like, is the blood moon? The monsters are back. <laughs> what you going to do about it? I saw a meme, which was... Um... It was like the, 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 the Zelda's like speech overlaid over the image, mm. and the first image was um, Galadriel like looking all sweet and kind. I think she's just given a gift to Gimli, and then the second yeah, yeah, image yeah. was her like as uh, <laughs> I will be a dark queen. <laughs> that one, yeah, <laughs> it's totally different vibes. Um, I didn't get excited, but I just got ominous vibes. It's the way she kind of like trails off going. And the land is threatened once again. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a bit different. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess... I think it maybe, like, I'm thinking that the, maybe... The like, Blood Moon was always gonna come back, right? I think maybe they've connected that Blood Moon cutscene. Like, I think it's connected to the story in some way. Based on mm. what I've played so far. I think that's my guess. We can obviously, once we get to that point, like, later on, deeper in the story we can I'm maybe kind saying, of come back to this but... i'm saying nothing lads <laughs> i'm saying nothing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. That's, that's why i was like i don't want to talk about yeah, this yeah, too yeah. much because yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's worth mentioning right because like you, you yes. will probably run that blood at this point and yeah it was always going to come back purely from a technical standpoint it needs to be in the game because it's how they mm-hmm. conserve memory right like otherwise the game would just fall to bits and after how a they just, of cycles. And how they also just respawn enemies as well, right? Like enemies that you've taken out yeah, can't just it. be dead forever. 
<laughs> like they have to they have well, a it's saving, it's saving memory, right? Like, yeah. 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 Absolutely. It would be I would kind of like it if there were a few more camps where you could like fully take them out. And then like, you know, allied humans could sort of move in because you've taken mm. out an enemy camp. But I, I that's not, that's not the vibe of the game, right? Uh Do I get it. No. <laughs> Actually I think you just you would find yourself like um, low supplies if you'd done that and you'd like you get to a point where you'd wish you hadn't done that. If that was a, a choice in the game. Witness the blood moons rise. Its red glow shines upon the land. The endless spirits of slain monsters return to flesh. Just as they did in a war long past, the world is threatened once again. So, yeah, after a little jaunt into the uh, that cave there. Uh, as I said, to get into kind of North Hyrule Plain and that sort of area up towards Impa, we've got to cross a bridge which uh, has a nasty roadblock perched upon it. Yeah, so Karok Bridge has got a Hinox stood on it. Yes. Uh, probably familiar to anyone who played Breath of the Wild, just the big Cyclops giants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the placement of this one feels very deliberate in like a it's a mini boss fight to stop yeah. you getting where you want to yeah, go. Yeah, it's, like, it's on the path, right? Yeah. Literal path to where you yes. where you need to go, like the literal path. Yeah, yeah. Uh, reminds me a lot of and I get out your um, Iron Field Report bingo card because it reminds me a lot of Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> where you've yeah? done the very initial Elden Ring. Or Elden Ring, or like at the start of the game there you get the you do like the initial area and then if you want to go on the main path you have to go through that gate and there's a giant guarding it and it feels like a boss when you first meet that thing mm. and then you know they're actually a pretty standard enemy and I was farming them if I was ever like a couple thousand souls away from a level up I knew this one field that had like six of them giants and I would just ride around on my on torrent just taking swings and yeah, a Hinox. The first one, if like a new player is just crossing that bridge and here's this thing, I can imagine it being very threatening. Probably but, try and find another way around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It's your first mini boss, right? For an old pro it's like us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are definitely mini bosses. Like a health bar comes up. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the same as the first music. one with like the, the big massive health bar. Should see. Mm-hmm. Definitely a goofy tune. It's not. Yeah, well, they're big funny guys. Yeah. Straight away though, like when you see them like, lying <laughs> there at the start, I was like, I've got to test if they've kept it in the game. The old trick of standing on his arm, and then he lifts you up onto his chest. Oh, and he'll like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll like. Yeah. Still works. Like the um, the prank you do where you put cream on someone's hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but overall, like. They, yeah, they're basically the same as they were in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. 
They're fun, they're not particularly challenging, but they're a cool little fight. The most memorable Hinox for me in Breath of the Wild was the Eventide Island one, for obvious reasons. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I mean, probably that whole, whole area is a memorable bit of the game, right? Yeah. But this guy's pretty cool. It's always fun to have one. Because, well, especially in Breath of the Wild, where they, the enemy variety did seem a little bit lacking, then having a Hinox was always a victory. Mm, Whereas mm. here... I'll, well, and also, I haven't found that many yet. So they don't feel... Like, I'm nowhere near getting bored of them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fairly... Yeah, I'd say they're fairly sparse. Like, I think mm. all the giant enemies are. Although, like... Later in the game, there's an NPC that will tell you how many of them you've got left to kill for the first time. They'll always respawn, but yeah. whenever they respawn and you've already beaten them, they'll have like a little like star next to the health bar saying "beaten." Um, but yeah, there's an that NPC was in that... Breath of the Wild too, but it, that was in Breath of the Wild also. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, because Tears the... of the Kingdom is Breath of the Wild too. Hey. <laughs> yeah. The big difference in Tears of the Kingdom is there's often an NPC will give you a subquest for this kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, like yeah. the wells, if you do all the wells, you get there's a girl who wants you to find those. Whereas in yeah. Breath of the Wild, it would count like have you visited every bridge, have you killed every Hinox, would be like recorded on your map, and I think a lot of players would consider 100% completion is also ticking off all of those. Well, the the Hinox, um, I'm not sure about the map, the bridges, but the Hinox as well as Molduga and Talus from mm. Breath of the Wild. Um, those actually had a, a small reward um, just oh, to okay. you've done it. You can get um, uh, if you remember Kilton from Breath of the yeah, Wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would give you a, a either a Hinox or a Molduga or a, a Talos medal to say you defeated them all in the world. Um, so that, that that's why if like people like for example the 100% speedrun requires you to have those medals is in your mm. save file um so they the, they are they are logged and i think people do consider them to be yeah another thing you got to do along with the 700 odd korok seeds in breath of the wild <laughs> to take it all off <laughs> but basically shoot it in the eye with an arrow yes run between its legs rinse and repeat <laughs> The more powerful ones that you'll encounter, like your blue and, and black Hinox, they do have like, um, kind of like shin armor, <laughs> so it's a bit more difficult to smack them on the legs. Um, yeah, and they can be a bit smarter about covering up their eyes. Yeah, which is a neat touch. Maybe wearing yeah. a helmet, stuff like that. But um, I, I've never found them overly difficult. No, 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 certainly not. But they are, they're kind of funny and kind of goofy. And just, you know, they are a big enemy. Fighting a big enemy always feels cool. Yes. So as you kind of go over the... Uh, as you go over the bridge, you'll probably clock uh, a giant smoking horse head and stable over the hill. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, you might be drawn off the road by a cave. Another cave. Yes. The North Hyrule Plain Cave, mm -hmm. um, which this one was memorable for me because 
this is the pl- I think I mentioned this when we first met like likes back on the Great Sky Island. This is the cave where there's two like likes close enough together that they're a problem. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. James kind of introduced um, you to them and now you're they're like, right, you two. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Double the fun. But so one like like if you're careful, they're not that much trouble. No. But two of them, <laughs> because you have to get in close to, like, lay into the weak point, you're then in range for the other one to get you. Yeah. And it's very yeah. easy to get greedy and keep swinging and not pull out and hit that one with your bow. Got to be a bit more it's patient about taking them down if there's a couple in, in range of each other, definitely. Yeah. Which is class- the classic, um, well... The obvious one is Dark Souls, but a lot of games, right? It's if you're patient, you can beat it. But the player just like, I can get in one more swing. I can do one more attack. I think I can kill it. And that's where, that's where you end up losing. I'm going to have to introduce a From Software square jar for us on this cast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like already mentioned Elden Ring and Dark Souls now. <laughs> it's yeah. becoming a, it's yeah, becoming and a And I was Bloodborne on the last episode as well, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, did. yeah, I think we definitely do. But visit- <laughs> visiting this stable just it really reminds me of Feline Village for the DS, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Feline Village was on the PSP. Pokey Pokey Iru Village, <laughs> a classic FromSoft game. So uh, this this cave also has uh, another Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> um, this cave also got another um, another reason to talk about it, which is possibly um, going to be your first cave with a piece of armor in it. And uh, ah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yes, this one has the uh, your first piece of uh, climbing gear. Uh, specifically, I think this is the. Chess, chess, the chess piece, yes. Um, which... Could we, could we have run into the people who tell you about the armor at this point? Quite possibly, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I might have already ran. I'd already ran I into them by this point. Like, well, yeah. um... but I mean, like following the path that we followed for the podcast. I don't think we're likely to. Uh, admit there's a chance. I think they're kind of just okay. random. Oh, there are some the traveling ones, roads. right? There's yeah, one. yeah. Yeah, there's random ones. Uh, and I think when you get near to a cave that has a piece of clothing in it, the game will spawn in a travelling... Um, fashionista. Uh, fashionista, yeah. So uh, <laughs> these strange NPCs with like mushroom hats on. Um, he finds uh, the, the fashionistas are dressed in these mushroom dresses. I guess that's what's fashionable in Hyrule right now. Who knows, man? Who knows? Um, well, they do mention, I think, in their dialogue that they hail from Hateno Village, so we'll probably find out a bit about why this is all the rage <laughs> later on when we <laughs> t- venture over there ourselves. But uh, yeah, they're not they're not hard to miss. So if you find if you spot one of them traveling the roads, then have a look about for a cave, and you're probably going to find uh, uh, a nice piece of armor within said cave, yeah, as we do in the North Hyrule Plain Cave. Yes. The, this is the same climbing set from 
the first game, right? It is. Correct. Uh, the full set, the one with the bandana and such on it. There, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. The, I remember the bandana. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my most banger tweets of all time. What was <laughs> where it? I posted? I just I put a picture up of Link in the bandana with the. Uh... So you guys know the, um. Dave the Games Animal Perry incident, of right? Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> So with the bandana, he looks a lot like that guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I put does. it up on Twitter. I put it up on Twitter with the caption like, "I've been set up quite badly here today." <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good when tweet. I say banger, I mean like banger for me. We're talking like fifty retweets, but still. no. <laughs> I'm a fan. I am a fan of that tweet. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyone that's not. Aware of what we're on about, should go into. I'm gonna have right to. Now. I'm gonna have to put in the show notes. You need to see. Yeah, it's an all all time moment in games. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, and I think you're if you're of a certain age in the UK, you you and you're into games. You're well aware of it. <laughs> well, I just Amazing. feel like it's set up quite badly here today. I'm not a journalist. I'm a marketing professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dominic Diamond having none of it. <laughs> Yeah, oh. I'm gonna have to rewatch that now after the cast. <laughs> yeah, same, probably same. Oh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, so the the fashionistas they talk about um, Misco, uh, the bandit uh, who had lots of different items of clothing in caves all across Hyrule. Um, and was was Misco? Correct me if I'm wrong, were there not some side quests about Misko back in Breath of the Wild? Uh, if there were, I don't remember them. I think there were. I, I could be totally wrong. But, um, Definitely like, mentions some, like, mention them somewhere yeah, in some I've just, game, because like, I remember like as soon as the name's mentioned to you in Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, oh, yes, I remember it from somewhere. At least I did. Yeah, I've just done a, um, just done a little search on a on on zeldadungeon.net which is a, a great wiki by the way absolutely top notch and uh yeah it's a quest from breath of the wild misk the great bandit and uh there's actually a couple of npcs that feature in that quest that will recur in a, another quest around misko later in Here's the kingdom that may happen upon um so yeah he's he's he's, he's, feature, he's already been in the lore um and they've obviously used this this legendary figure in Hyrule to to uh, set, you know, lots of armour about. Um, and yeah, this will be the primary way you find your armour sets, because before, if I remember rightly, in Breath of the Wild, there were like chests inside the shrines. Oh, some of them were, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember there being like a particularly exciting, like, well, like this one is so exciting. But I don't remember there being like a a quest to get armors. Some of no. them were just like available at different villages, or yeah, I think they were just in shrines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no equivalent of caves, so they weren't going to be there. True. Yeah, yeah. So they, so had yeah, to they, must, put them they must have been in shrines, or just you bought them. Quest rewards, or or buy them in shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like typically, if you're exploring a cave and you start seeing those kind of the kind of flags and the, uh, especially that almost like almost like a little. It's like a little shrine, the like a little mini hut. I don't know what to describe it. Yeah, not the, not the shrine as in, 
Not shrine the proper noun from Zelda, but shrine as in... Actually, yeah. In real life, when you make a shrine to something, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's that's, that's accurate. That's an apt description. Um, We'll see similar shrines associated with a very different group. Hmm. Yes, we'll get... I'm sure we'll speak about them later. Hmm. But yes, these ones just... I guess this bandit was very, very proud of his treasure, which turns out to be a shirt. <laughs> it's a good shirt, though, especially one to find early like, on yeah. if you're very following early. the games. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great it's great they included this in here because um, you know having more climb speed is always good. It's cool, but it doesn't feel as useful in this game as it would have done in Breath of the Wild. Because there's so many other options for traveling around, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just, just um, like stamina in general feels a lot less valuable this time. Yeah, but like at this point in the uh, game, though, yeah. right? I think at this early point in the game, you're working out. Yeah, that's true. You're that's still kind of almost days. playing it like it's Breath of the Wild. So finding it is, is definitely yeah. useful. Like I had, mm. I had the chess piece on for like the longest time, or if I know if I was just generally exploring. Like, same. I'd use it all the time. Same, same, same. I slip it on when I've got a big climb. Yeah. Really straight. <laughs> the really matter of fact way you said that. <laughs> Sometimes I do be climbing, you know? Yep. And uh, once we climb our way out of the North Hyroclean Cave, we'll uh, finally get to poke around the new Seren Stable. Yeah. Stable, in it? <laughs> yes, I, don't, I mean, maybe when we, we'll probably come back here later with Pen, there's a little something, but... Yeah, the only the only thing of note, other than, you know, your general stable amenities here, um, there is a little side quest here, which gives you a chance to um, play about with Ultra Hand again. Not in, this, not in exactly the same way as, like, uh, the, the signs for Addison, but um, mm. you can... Um, Repair a wagon for an NPC. At the, right. Yes. 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 At the at the at the stable, um, and you, she also asks you if you can can capture a horse. So, and again, talking about how the tutorial seems to always keep on going, this is another way that you might be introduced to horse like catching horses. Um, I know you yep. yourself look like you caught one immediately upon landing. I caught one super early. Yeah. 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 But you played Breath of the Wild. You knew how to yeah. do it. You know, whereas in Breath of the Wild, a lot of players' first opportunity at catching horses was probably um, the Julian Peak stable, like on your way to Kakariko. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure there were like horses in the field near there and they kind of spoke about it. Yeah, I think there was similarly there was a little quest where someone would suggest you should go and catch one. Mm. And this is, again, a quest where she needs a horse for you to clear out the quest. Um, but yeah, just a little... Uh, a little, uh, little fun quest. I'm sure there was a, a fun bit of dialogue where she like names either the horse or the wagon after Link, <laughs> and then much yes, like a, every yeah, NPC right. in the game, she like has a massive crush on Link afterwards, and she gives little like horse catching and horse riding tips. But she says, "I'm only going to give you one," and then like parenthesis, like she's whispering to herself, she'll say. Because if I, if I give you all, all the tips now, you won't come back and hear more and I want to see you again. 
<laughs> so she's got a uh, lofty dreams of riding off in the sunset with Link after his adventure is over. Yes. I mean, based on my experiences on the internet, it is not incorrect to say that a lot of women lust after Link. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of uh, Reggie when he was on like a American chat show, Link's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now we can finally get to what we actually came over here for. Well, actually, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Before then, <laughs> there is a... You're probably going to end up being drawn towards a shrine right next to the stable. Oh, yeah. Long. Yeah, every stable's got to have a shrine. Yeah, every stable's got a fishing because there are areas you will want to revisit over and over again. And this one is the uh, Sinakawak Shrine. Sinakawak. It's a bit like a disturbed sound there. And <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is. If only Mus was here, Mus can make that noise. He can make that noise. For... And this one is known as an uplifting device. <laughs> yeah, I find it very uplifting. Um, it's basically it, teaching it, you the hot air balloons, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's asking you to to whack a basically a, a hot air balloon like on top of a candle, on top of a wooden plank. And also, the same one that where you like you got to get the the ball up to like the end point the. Yes, well, right? um, that's right. And I'm looking at the wiki at what they and probably the game has as the intended design and intended solution. <laughs> it's not how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so the wiki has them. There's like an orb, like a bigger, quite a big sized orb, and it suggests that you um, attach a flame emitter to the top of the orb and put the balloon on top of the orb itself mm. attach that mm. and kind of make the balloon into like a like the, the the ball into like the balloon base um I, th- I, ca- I think I lifted up some platforms and I think I was doing some recall nonsense and try to grab the ball and brute force my way through this puzzle I definitely don't remember <laughs> doing it this way do you guys remember how you did this puzzle? I or? definitely didn't make the ball into a hot air balloon unto itself. Yeah. But I think I like put the ball on a little platform and then me and the ball rode up together, basically. Yeah, I think I had the ball like attached to the platform like underneath and the balloon was like on top of the platform and up that way. It, ah. And I think it was just a very slow ascent. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the balloon didn't have enough lift because it was a you know the bigger size ball. Yeah, I don't remember this one being fast, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly, it's, that's the problem when we're all thick as mints and can't see this <laughs> intended solution, quote-unquote. But that's the fun of these shrines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's the make or break of this game, right? Is whether it feels good to do something wrong and fudge it, or whether yeah. you hate that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Whereas for me, oh, I love that feeling, especially yeah. when the game... The game can make you feel like you've done that even if you have done it correctly. Yeah. Especially when it's funny as well. <laughs> like yeah. Just seeing some horrible contraption trundle across the finish line or what have you. <laughs> um, 
Oh, the larger orb, sorry, was for the bonus chest within the shrine. Apologies. It's a smaller orb um, that it wants you to do, where you have to attach it to a platform. Yeah, okay. Right. Maybe I didn't do the large orb in this one. Maybe I gave up on that. But uh, I, I feel like shrine. I haven't given up on any yet, but... Yeah, I always got to get all the chests in every I shrine. I also don't remember doing that. Can't yeah, I've got to have those, those five arrows... <laughs> well, this one you would miss it on apparently an opal. So there you go. Oh, yeah. they make your mouth water. <laughs> on 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 a side note, because I don't know if we've t- spoken about this here. Have any of you guys had by this point had any of you guys attached one of the more precious gems to a weapon? I didn't think to do it until I beat my first whiz robe and right. realised that's what <laughs> their rods were. Yeah. That's what the rods were. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I had at this point, no. Mm. Mm. I hadn't really been messing around with elemental weapons until I got to the Gerudo Desert and, like, needed them. Just whack it on your back for a nice temperature control, right? Oh, there's also that, yeah. No, I was just thinking the give does. Ah, yes. This might be spoiler, though. I mean, yeah, maybe. for who? For who, <laughs> Luke? Who are you spoiling? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, if you want to cut that, I might, but it is like <laughs> I have no. <laughs> so, someone somewhere will probably play the game along with the podcast, so yeah, it probably should cut it. Yep. Okay, now can we talk about what we came here for? <laughs> well, actually, no. Yeah, of course. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's crack on with the, the probably the, the the meat of this episode, which is uh, Impa. Yes, we can finally meet up with Impa. Pura has not decided to share her de-aging technology with her friend. <laughs> she's still a, a shriveled old oh. lady. Yep, she's still a little Yoda. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> she does have Yoda energy, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's here to investigate this geoglyph. Yes. Um, now, I'd, I'd done a bit of exploring before I... I'd kind of ventured up this way. So I'd already mm. seen some of these geoglyphs I, out in the wild. I think you can see some just from, like, the initial dive down to Hyrule. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe with the first time I clocked it, I just kind of brushed it off. And I think I even thought, oh, that was in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> They're not. Oh, really? They really yeah. aren't. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely saw them and thought, well, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. I didn't know what thing they were yeah, going to be, but yeah. Yeah, pretty close, right, to where, like, where you land. Like, etc. That's right. Field, like, mm-hmm. a bit kind of southeast-ish. So yeah, yeah. I went, yeah, went like, kind of sure gallivanting one... really in the first, my first, like, 40 minutes of being on main Hyrule kind of area. I was like, oh, what's this thing? Like, the, just kind of skulked about in the grass a little bit and then kind of wandered off. Something else distracted me. Uh-huh. Pretty sure there's a geoglyph. If you remember, there was a memory in like, like some woods next to our road, kind of southeast Tyro Fields in Breath of the Wild. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there's a geoglyph around that same location. Yeah, that's probably the one you're okay. about, Jess. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, but the but term yeah. like geoglyph, like that's a real thing in the real world. Ah, is it okay? Yeah, so geoglyph is what we call stuff like this, massive big pictures on the ground. Oh, okay, um, okay. 
So famous geoglyphs, obviously the Nazca lines in Peru. Mm-hmm. And then in, even in the UK, right, we have like the hill figures. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the big old horse up in, where's the horse at? In Oxfordshire. And that one was made in like 1000 BC. Wow. Um, but most of the others are nowhere near as old. They were just copying that in like the 1600s and 1800s. Just having a bit of crack, <laughs> shaving some. Yeah, like, like maybe maybe that was when tourism was becoming big business, and they're like, "God, a lot of people are going and visiting that horse in Oxfordshire. We should make one too." <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just tell them it's been here since you know 2000 BC. They'll buy it. Okay, there were some which were a bit older, but have been lost to time. Mm. Um, but then there's the the one of the famous ones is the big. It's it's not a horse. It's just like a big bloke. Yeah, with a big. Um, <laughs> the oh, okay, all right. So I was the list I was looking at was just horses. So there's only one horse <laughs> that's a thousand years old. Right. Okay. Uh, but there's humanoid ones which are very old. Mm. But yeah, there's the the long man of Wilmington, and there's also the current abbas giant, which is the one with the big. Uh, the big walloper out. Big yeah, that's yeah. I knew there was one that had uh, <laughs> had the, the comedy walloper. Yeah, uh, but apparently for the release of the Simpsons movie, they put a temporary Homer Simpson next to it. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, upset the neo pagans who did rain dances to try and get rid of the Homer. <laughs> That is hilarious. Yep. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, between between the British ones and the like the ones in Peru and all of them, these are some of the oldest sort of big monuments that are still around, right? Because they were just made by scraping into the ground and then putting some um chalk there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes sense that these are something which in Tears of the Kingdom have been left by like the most ancient it's funny, civilization. I just Googled Simpsons like geoglyph and it actually just mentions one one in Peru. Like one's in Peru. 160 ah. mysterious Nazca geoglyphs are discovered in Peru, including a Homer Simpson style person, a snake and a cat like creature. It does kind of look like Homer Simpson. Very basic Homer Simpson, mm. but that's kinda of interesting. <laughs> Um, but so when we find this one in Tears of the Kingdom, one of the first things we can do is travel up in a hot air balloon, right, to look at it. Yes. And people have theorized that the the Nazca people of Peru had some form of early hot air balloon, which they would use to like admire them. Oh, okay. Hmm. But they they are also visible from like, also, be like a way to stuff. Kind of you can't see them. Create it as well, kind of right. Yeah. Because doing that, well, doing made something of, like, of that scale, at kind of ground levels, like it's not easy. You need, you need like an overview mm-hmm. to kind of get it the way you want it. Well, it's interesting you say that, Jay. Be- I'm sorry, Jas, because like everything impressive that was not made by white people, people assume it was aliens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not aliens. Uh, no. Whereas these ones. 
not aliens, but also not quite made by humans. Yeah. And so the the geoglyphs are, yeah, they're our equivalent of the memories from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because when you're up in the hot air balloon, Impa says to you, um, you'll have a look about, is there anything, any point of interest on the geoglyph that we should be looking at? And if you look closely, one of the, um, well, Magatama shapes on the geoglyph will be filled in um, rather than being hollow. And if you glide down to that and investigate said filled in Magatama, or it's well, it's a filled in, um, it's the same shape as a stone, obviously, mm-hmm. not Magatama, but as you mentioned earlier in the mm. previous episode. Um, yeah, if you go and investigate that, you'll find uh, like a pool of liquid, which uh, after Link investigates it, as you mentioned there, Luke triggers our a memory and yeah so this is our first big hint of what's actually going on with the princess yes so the memory in question um do you want to go into it there luke and just talk through what the this memory goes through (laughs) where am i we didn't mean to startle you I'm sorry. It's okay. My name is Sonia. And could we ask what your name is? I... I am the daughter of King Rome of Hyrule, Zelda. What an unexpected answer. We are the king and queen who founded Hyrule after all. Or at least we were the last time I checked. You two founded Hyrule? And you're the king? Mm. My name is Raru. King Raru of Hyrule. King Raru? And Queen Sonia? Uh, that must mean... Yeah, so this one is... Basically, Zelda wakes up in a field, presumably straight after she's just disappeared from us, right, in... The opening of the game. She's still in her um, the clothes that she was wearing when we were yeah, yeah, like her, her blue adventure gear. And then um, Rauru, still alive and well, and with two arms, and yes. his lovely lady wife Sonia stumble across her, and like, oh, hello, who are you? She says, oh, I'm a Princess Zelda of Hyrule, and oh, that's interesting because we just founded Hyrule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are the king and queen. <laughs> So it kind of, um, I mean, we kind of danced around this previously, right, and kind of suggested we kind of thought that maybe there's Zelda was in the past. It kind of pretty much confirms it at this point, right, that she's uh, she's, she's ended up back in time. Yes, at least that's, that that's how her story starts anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so the geoglyphs are somehow her way of communicating from the ancient past with you in the present. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, initially, I was I was a little bit sad in some respects that 
a big chunk of the story was being told again in the past, much like how it was in Breath in Breath of the Wild. I was kind of mm. hoping to see, you know, the majority of the story told in the, the present day. Um, you know, right. in, in in regards to making it more, uh, you know, the action being more more, more immediate then, and rather than <clears> you know, you're just reflecting on what has already happened, but. And we'll talk about this as we go through these geoglyphs. The way the story unfolds and the overall arc that we see in these memories. Um, yeah, I mean, any concerns I had at the way they, what they do with this is incredible. So, yeah, more, well, more on that as we go through it. I'm nowhere near finishing it, but a complaint I have seen people make online is that because this story is a little more twisty and turny than Breath of the Wilds. Mm hmm. Having these memories that you can view in any order makes a lot less sense this time. I agree. Apparently, you could just spoil stuff for yourself if you're not. Yeah, there. I I, mm. I agree because I found them in a complete random order, and I wish I didn't. Um, yeah. So I think for the sake of this podcast, um, we'll probably try and do them in order. Um, yeah. Fortunately, there is a way that the game tells you the order. Uh, which will come to probably on the next. Yeah, saying there, but I did like but, um, I like connecting the dots. Like even if it was kind of out of order, like seeing like oh this is like cause there was ones like later on that we will get to. Where I was like oh that, like that's interesting how like that connected. But I get what you're saying. Like a set order would be would be great, or like just like you said, like having a a more kind of in your face kind of story, but. Then mm-hmm. you lose like kind of what makes Tears of the Kingdom Tears of the Kingdom. So it's, yep. it's a difficult choice. And I, would, I, I, I don't think it would even work in them, you know, uh, unlocking in a set order with, after each one you discover because if you look at the geoglyph itself and each geoglyph as you as you discover them, the shape of the geoglyph will usually link into something quite prevalent within the memory you discover yeah so it's not like you could discover you know if you if you discovered this geoglyph let's say fifth the the shape that it's in would not make any sense for the memory you would get Mm. for said cutscene so um it has to be you know linked to the actual specific geoglyph but uh yeah like i said i think it will still make sense for us to do them in the order intended but uh uh, yeah definitely still a very good story at the time the difference in Breath of the Wild was the actual events, you basically knew what had happened after mm. you spoke to Impa. And mm-hmm. the purpose of the memories was it was fleshing out like Zelda as a character. Yes, that's right. So it didn't really matter if you got them in the wrong order because it was just you travelling around learning about her. You're meeting characters in the present day and then you're learning memories in the past and stuff. Uh, Whereas... And I will say they, they weren't as integral to the overall story of the game um uh, you could finish breath of the world without having done all the memories and still have a fairly fairly fleshed out experience i would i wouldn't recommend it but it is something you could do um you, you pretty much can't <laughs> uh, or, or it would not be strongly recommended at all to not discover all the geoglyphs before you finish this game so uh, mm. they're, they're a lot more 
a lot more important, I find, as well. Which, again, is another reason that they probably are best experienced in, in the correct order. But yeah, this first one, it's... Is it fair to say this is the end of the tutorial now? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the end, you know, the end of the prologue, right? We've set up... We Now we know the depths, we know the sky, we know the land, we know various things that we're meant to be looking for. We've got the four phenomena, we've got these geoglyphs. We know about the towers, we've, yeah. We've, be, we've set up everything we're going to need to do now for the next hundred odd hours i would say so um, i guess we have got the forgotten temple which will finish setting I'll, up um, the... yeah i wouldn't even say that was that would be part of the the prologue stroke extend tutorial because that's just kind of the next step of the geoglyph quest yeah you know? that's fair. um the only thing i would say that maybe for, especially for a new player you would still need explained is what to do with all these Korok seeds you might be finding, but lo and behold, <laughs> we'll be closing at this episode with a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I need to say on Geoglyphs for now, because like you say, we will we'll take the next step on that quest next week. Yes, correct. Um so yes, after you land, um and amusingly I've 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 seen some stories from people um that that did this quest before getting the um the paraglider (laughs) so when when impa says to you right go on link jump out have a have a have a look at the geoglyph and find the point (laughs) of interest they were like no impa i'm I'm not gonna jump to my death so they end up like extinguishing the fire and if you (laughs) if you do that you get like a proper like almost like a Looney Tunes moment where it zooms in on Impa's face and she goes like, oh dear. And you have like the like the camera, like the little circle, like just zooms in on Impa's yeah, face seems, and then fades to black. It's like, like a... Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, that all, folks. <laughs> it's just very comedic. And I feel intentionally so as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They know what they're doing. No, oh, yeah, one, one of my friends at work he played loads of this game before getting the paraglider. It's crazy, like to the absolute maximum level, he was just stubbornly refusing to do any main quests, <laughs> including finishing the tutorial. Unreal. That, that's just hamstringing yourself to a major degree. Like I can get going off and exploring the no, world. Once the glide, you can just grab your, you just grab yourself a cuckoo, and that's, that's, that's a way to glide <laughs> instead. Yeah, that's that's how the. The real Zelda purist. Uh... It'd be good if you could get those little Zonai gachas, but they contained a, a cuckoo to use. Yeah. <laughs> a cuckoo construct, yeah. Yeah. But no, so as soon as you're done with this one, um, basically your next like destination on your map will be the Forgotten Temple. Yeah, Impa says um, that there's more about these geoglyphs at the Forgotten Temple. Um, and uh, that puts my back up because I did not, we'll talk about this next episode, did not like that place in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where you're going to go next to find out more about the geoglyphs, which, um, you know, I suppose in character, Link will be worried about Princess Zelda. This is the, probably the best lead he's got yet. Makes sense to mm-hmm. go and actually 
follow up the follow that up. So we will be too. But uh, along the way, yeah, we'll bump into an old friend. Yes. Uh, you start heading towards the Forgotten Temple. You're going to go up a little bit of a hill, and you're going to come across Hestu. <laughs> Yeah, the nearby hill, um, I think the actual hill itself is called Lindor's Brow, um, and you might spot from a distance at the kind of foot of the hill um, uh, an old friend from Breath of the Wild, or an old enemy some might find if they really resent finding those corrupts. Oh, nah. <laughs> I like Hestu. Um, so yeah, Hestu's up here. He doesn't remember Link, though. Like, I was a bit sad about that. Uh, I think all, all, all Hillians just look the same to him. Is yeah, I mean, I, it, there's certain points that we'll maybe talk about this later. Char- certain characters not remembering Link was a bit of a downer, and I would have liked to see more continuity. Hester can kind of forgive because he's characters do remember. Uh, yeah, there's also some significant characters that don't that that really okay. should. Have. Um, uh, Hester though I can forgive because he's you know a, a goofy Korok right, and they're agents of chaos <laughs> to themselves um but yeah poor hester he's uh he's a little bit spooked he says uh the trees are, are creeping him out <laughs> and um when i got this quest i knew what he was on about but did, did any of you have the fortune of having your first exposure to an ever mean through hester's encounter here no i had i'd met some elsewhere in the map before mm-hmm. this. yeah it's yeah. sort of like passing by yes, and I just kinda, yeah I'd met some like in other areas before. Yep. But obviously I'd done this area second. So I was like, oh I know these things. Like let me take care of these really quick. <laughs> um if you are listening and this was your first exposure to Ever I mean I'd love to hear about it because Yeah, please do <laughs> I'd, get I'd in love, touch. I'd love to hear about anyone's first even if this wasn't, I'd love to hear about anyone's first exposure to Ever Means because um got to be the strangest inclusion enemy wise in this game <laughs> so weird yeah tree um, just rips up its roots and starts coming at you yeah and it's not even like like an ant you know they don't have like a creepy face or anything no, like it, that it's just a tree it's just a tree <laughs> <laughs> um it's just so weird. And it, it genuinely panicked me, though, the first time one of them like, came to Mordor. I was like, whoa, 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 what, what, why, why? <laughs> I mean, if you've got an axe or fire, these things are absolutely no bother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah straight away, um, they're they're actually like actively fire. afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. Like, they will back off if they see you with, like, a torch or, you know, anything like that. Not but if all you've got is something all. pokey or something blunt, then uh, you're in for a long old fight. <laughs> yep. Um, fortunately, though, they, like with an axe, they do go down like a tree in a couple of hits. Um, yeah. And uh, they do drop like a fair bit of goodies as well. Like you potentially get well, things that live on trees, beetles, fruit. Yeah, you'll you almost always get a lizard at least. Yeah, lizard. thrones. And obviously... Korok fronds and uh, wood, oh, naturally, as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
creepy, fairly creepy creatures. Yeah, yeah. Everyone like the first time you're just like, maybe you're battling just some random bokoblins or something, and then a tree just like, boomf, comes out of the ground. <laughs> Quite funny. Good stuff. But um, yeah, it's kind of a similar, um, similar introductory quest to Hestu and Breath of the Wild. Was was he not spooked out by? I'm sure it was just maybe bokoblins in Breath of the Wild, and you had to go clear them out, and then he was happy again. Is that right? Something like that, I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah. That's his main vibe. <laughs> um, Scared yeah, he rewards... worried because his friend stole his seeds. He rewards you for clearing off those nasty trees with uh, the Koroks, the purpose of the Korok seeds, the inventory upgrade system, which uh, you can chuck a few Korok seeds his way and he'll give you another space for a, a weapon, a bow, or a shield. And... Uh, I tell you what, uh, the amount of seeds he asks for gets pretty pricey pretty quickly. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've got enough space now that I'm never going to be like running out of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more costly to keep going. I and think, like, to... the dance when he actually does your upgrade. I Did he have the accompanying extra Koroks back in Breath of the Wild? I don't think he did. I, I don't remember it. I think that's new. No, it's great. He's doing his yeah. dance, and then the three extra ones pop in like, it's incredible. Um, of course, I had to. So at the weekend, I really wanted to show that to my girlfriend because she already loves the Koroks. But I, I was one. I was like two seats short of getting an upgrade. So <laughs> oh, while we're meant to, while we're meant to be leaving for a day out, I've just sat on my switch like, no, give me that. I, I can find another Korok. <laughs> <laughs> When you're actively looking for Koroks, you can never find one. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. You would have just, exactly. just needed to find one of the travelling ones as well, because it gives you two. It would give me the two, yeah. But I think I ended up finding two solo ones. But yeah, I mean, she did love it. It was great, but probably not worth it. Probably not worth it that point. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could have just found it in the evening and shown her then, but I was like, no, I want to do this. I wonder if um, the Madden and the extra Koroks was maybe a little bit of inspiration from Hester's character in um, Age of Calamity because he's got a lot of like group dance attacks in that, right? As a playable character, yeah. definitely. Like there is some overlap. Like Pura's design in this is taken straight from Age of Calamity. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got like you do get to do some battles with basically some like base clearing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I I mean and. Just by playing Age of Calamity, you could tell like the Breath of the Wild art team sort of went over there and helped out a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean, that, I'm actually, funnily enough, I've started, I'm going to start playing that. Um, I'm going to play that because I think it might help with maybe the cast a bit, like looking at maybe some old areas and how they looked in the past compared to now, stuff like that. Um, yeah, just, maybe. And I just want you, more. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't played it before. No. Okay, we'll talk about the story of that at a later date. Okay. Um, it starts yeah, off after... potentially very cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. I um yeah. So after you give Hester, I think he only takes maybe a couple of upgrades at this point, and then he's he says, "I'm going to go and head off to where there's more people," and uh, you can actually then find them at this point in uh, Lookout Landing. Yeah. So, um, 
But yeah, the this... game is really treating Lookout Landing like a hub in a way that you yes. never really had a hub in Breath of the Wild. He will re- relocate again at a later stage, a much later stage probably, but um, for, for for now he'll be hanging out at Lookout Landing for... Yeah, because he mentions yeah. he wants to go be with like where there's lots of people, right? Yes. So, like That's the most obvious kind of place he can go. Which is initially. strange, because most people can't see him, right? <laughs> Yeah, maybe he just likes being around them. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Or maybe he just thinks that's where there won't be any monsters. Also probably true as well. <laughs> Except from the worst monster of all. That's not very nice to say about Robbie. <laughs> Call him goggles. goggles for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yes, after uh, rescuing Hestu from those evil trees, I think that will draw this week's edition of the report to a close. Um, So as we're alluding to there, next time our main focus will be heading off to the Forgotten Temple to follow up on the Geoglyph investigation, but there'll be some other uh, points of interest that we'll no doubt talk about along the way. So make sure you join us for that one. Until then, Luke, where can we be found? We can be found on Twitter at Hyrule Field Pod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe, share it with your friends. And uh, yeah, join us every week to play alongside the game. And if you're listening to us, like, you know, two years, five years, ten years from now, because you're picking up Tears of the Kingdom for the first time, hello! This is like our little geoglyph into your future. <laughs> Hello, we're old and we're now old and dead. <laughs> if you're listening to this after I've gone, then remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ghostly Jas, do you have any sage words of advice for us this yeah, week? Sage advice is uh, if you see a tree in real life and it has no face. You know, it's definitely a never mean. <laughs> you can only trust trees with faces. Exactly. <laughs> Bye. Cheerio. Catch you later.